We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Don't wear out Draymond, and they don't wear out, you know, staff. That's my big concern. Yeah, and thanks for calling in, Janet. By the way, cut that up of her saying... uh... Uh, that we've taken over NPR for. I need to hear that every day, just every segment, <laughs> you know, every five minutes. Um, no, Jen, it makes a great point about uh, strength in numbers again. I think we, we, me and Sam have kind of made fun or poked poked fun at the Warriors, you know, doing strength in numbers and all of that and kind of going to the well and, and the bench. But that did kind of cost the Warriors this season, this postseason, and that they just didn't have enough good players where it would have been nice if Leandro Barbosa, Sam, was on the bench. Would have been nice if Maurice Spates you mean, you was coming on. You mean a 2015 on. version of Leandro Correct. Barbosa Correct. who not only right 33. Right. right. But it's not like they paid Barbosa like 10 mil to play on that team, right? Like It would have been nice if they had those type of players because as much as Quinn Cook is great, he almost was unplayable. He was just playing because they had nobody else out there. I agree. Um, and, you know, that's the way the uh, the salary cap structure in the NBA. Uh, I feel like uh, if you follow all all sports, you kind of think, you know, well, Lacob wants to spend money like he's the Yankees. They'll just keep getting players. But the NBA doesn't allow you to do that. The more you go into the tax, the harder it is to sign guys for anything other than the minimum. And, you know, Bless guys who are willing to take the minimum when they have options, but most people aren't willing to take, uh, you know, 100% pay cut when they have other options out there. And that's kind of what happened with the Warriors over the years. Uh, the bench got thinner and thinner, and they became more and more dependent on the top guys. Yeah, but, I mean, the other thing is, too, um, they chose, you know, there are small moves on the margins. You know, they chose McKinney over Daniel House, and I'm not saying that Daniel House would have played in the finals, but he's a better player. He's been better this season. You're right. I mean, Jacob Evans. Small moves like that. Jacob Evans, exactly. Right? Those type of moves. I haven't even looked at the draft, but ideally you want someone who can give you 15 minutes a game or 10 minutes a game from a first-round pick. And really, Looney's the only pick in the last three years who's turned into a rotation player. Maybe we're asking too much, but, you know, Jordan Bell, still inconsistent. Damian Jones. Damian Jones, although he's had some injury issues. Uh, But he's unplayable. Um, And how many bigs do the Warriors really need is another question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Pat McCaw, how that whole thing Ooh. fell apart. You know, they could have yeah. used some Pat McCaw um, or they could have just used anyone on the wings. Me and really. you maybe. Yeah. Um, and those are the little things. That's kind of where the Spurs um, who the Warriors liken to model themselves after sometimes um, they're constantly finding these guys on the margins that are playable. Yeah, no, you just made a great point because they think of themselves or they want to be like the Spurs. The Spurs find a um, these guards. Derek White. Yeah, just stole it right. Just well done, well done. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Guys like Derek White, where they can not only get them and identify the talent, but develop it right. And that's what the Warriors were kind of trying to do with McCon Bell, and it just hasn't hasn't hasn't. Um, Derek White, come by to the way, was yet. picked twenty um, ninth. Overall, yeah. uh, the Warriors didn't have a pick that year. They had to give that pick away uh, in the Iguodala trade, which, you know, totally cool doing that, right? Yeah. But um, that's the same number that, you know, Jacob Evans and Damian, J- Damian Jones and on down the line were selected. You know, you can find players at that number. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, let's keep going. We got about three minutes, four minutes. Uh, let's go to Randy and Hayward. Thanks for hanging with us, Randy. We want a goon. That's his. Uh, that's his, that's the caption of what he's going to talk hey, about. They need somebody on the bench who can afford <laughs> to get thrown out of the game, sort of an enforcer. Because there was a number of instances during this playoffs where there was attempts, intentional attempts to hurt the Stars. And to me, the most egregious, other than the two Danny Green brushes on Clay Thompson, which led to his hammy and also his uh, ACL, was in the same in the game six in the third quarter when uh, when Curry was going around and Gasol kneed him in the thigh and almost took Curry out of the game. He was in such pain. Um, I mean, if you watch, if you watch in the slow motion, Gasol looks right down as he's going around, watches his thigh, and then jams his knee in the Curry side. Curry went to the ground, riding on his, on his thigh, hopping around for a little while. So I saw a lot of that stuff, sweeping ankles, things like that. And they need somebody who's going to go out and isn't afraid to get thrown out of the game to get retribution to stop this kind of stuff. Lozaza, Randy. Lozaza. Um, I kind of disagree. Uh, I feel like all they had at the end of the game was goons. Uh, it was Steph and four guys who didn't want to shoot the ball. Uh, I kind of agree with Drew Schiller from Warriors Outsiders earlier today. Um, the end of that game, after Clay went down, they were able to go box and one. Why? Uh, because who else is going to shoot the ball other than Steph Curry? I mean, we all saw the, we all watched it, triple teamed. Uh, they need to get some guys who can do something offensively to open up the floor a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you a, a little bit there as well, just because the Warriors have goons. They have Andrew Bogut. They have you know Draymond Green, but they Jordan also Bell. Jordan. But they also need guys though that can play, like you said, and can do that, right? Like when they had Zaza, he could play a little bit. When Bogut was in his prime, he could play and do that. If you have goons like David West. Right, nobody messed with David West. So, like, but just, That's a great just, example. These guys just need to be able to stay on the floor. Steve Kerr can't keep these guys on the floor right now, and the NBA has gotten better. So, there's a little bit of uh, uh, both sides to it. Just because, just because you have goons out there, isn't a good thing necessarily, too. Because people always say, "Hey, if you hit Steph Curry hard enough, you know he's he's not going to play well." That's not the case. That's not the case. Steph is going to play well regardless. It's how you actually defend him. Um, that's yeah, and I don't think it was an issue of the Warriors having guys who couldn't set screens and kind of rough people up around stuff. I think it's an issue of one guy can't screen three defenders, and the reason he had three defenders on him was because Clay went down, KD was out, yeah. and they just had no other offensive options. Like, yeah. I, I can't really think of another team who has to play as limited an offensive lineup in the playoffs as what the Warriors were down to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Producer Carr, do we have time for one more, or are we, we going to break? What do you think? Nah. Okay. Um, so we'll, we'll pick it up after the break here. We've got uh, Zach Harper coming on Twitter. NBA Twitter godfather. A legend. Uh, coming up after the break. You're listening to Warriors World Radio. Andy Liu. That's me. Sam is Fendiari. Famous poker player over there. We'll be back after the break. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. From the 707 earlier, Andy, is that EDM? Yes, yes, 707. The minute we go to break, Andy runs into the producer's office and starts making music demands. It's really all he cares about. That's why I have this show. This is why I come here every week. That's it, Sam. That's all I need. It just it amps me up, you know. You so chug you could a DJ? Red Bull. Dude, I wish I could. G- I wish I could DJ. Sometimes I think like a lot of these DJs, they just 
like they just kind of pretend like they're playing something. I'm not saying like they press play, but they just kind of put some music on and they just like, just like EDC 2019. Are you ready? Like, are you really DJing up there? Are you just playing some songs and some drops? Like, I don't know. Just hitting the uh, the iTunes playlist, <laughs> hitting the Spotify shuffle. Um, you know, so um, carefully curating the order in which they press, <laughs> they move on to the next song. <laughs> you gotta, you know, on Spotify you can actually like make a fade out too like you can be your own personal dj um yeah well uh, we got nba writer zach harper uh coming up shortly andy you want to you want to ask zach about his thoughts on um the lakers trading everything for anthony davis <laughs> i can't wait I, I might be collecting social security by the time they're <laughs> they're done giving up picks to the pelicans at this rate um sorry i was laughing uh, I looked, I, I, I was busy last night, so I didn't see like the exact, uh, details of the trade, but when I saw what they gave up now, I would have done the trade. Let's be very clear. If I were a Lakers fan and I were LeBron James, I would do the trade. I don't care what happens eight years from now. I want to win a championship. Yeah, Le- LeBron's this year. done in three years anyway. Yeah. This, th- these are Doesn't not matter. his problems. This is <laughs> These are not clutch network problems. This is a Los Angeles Lakers problem. Because Although it is because AD is on clutch and oh, they're about right? to stick him in a, uh, a situation <laughs> where he has no help in three years when he enters his prime. Yeah. Um, man, the, 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 the pick restrictions or non-restrictions uh, the swap, are ridiculous. The swaps all, all the way out to 2025. Like, this is that Brooklyn Celtics trade, I think, on steroids. Like, the Los Angeles Lakers, now they might win a championship, and it, it'll all be worth it. Um, I think they're favored. But they may have screwed themselves for the next decade just in terms of, can you build anything around this team if, say, LeBron James retires when this contract is over? Like, I don't see a way you could do that. Well, let me ask you this. If they end up getting a third max guy there, um, and it, even that I feel is like, there's a difference between getting, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Kemba Walker. It's not the same player. No. Uh, but if they if they end up that route, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I th- they're favorites to win the championship right now. It almost feels like oh, if they absolutely not. Yeah. No. With LeBron, AD, and Isaac Bonga or whoever he is <laughs> at point guard, like let, let's let let's let things shake out. Obviously, they're moving in a. Uh, in a direction that might actually get him to the playoffs for once. Oh, well, maybe they'll get Chris Middleton, you know? I, I think Zach Harper likes Chris Middleton. He seems like a big Chris Middleton fan. Uh, Zach Harper we have on NBA writer, uh, NBA Twitter godfather. Uh, sir, how are you doing? I'm excellent. I am a Chris Middleton fan because he can shoot. I only like guys who can shoot. The Warriors don't. So, you know, we, the Warriors do not. So you know. If there's one takeaway from the end of game six, it's they do not value shooting. <laughs> You know what? Uh, when you mentioned Isaac Bonga, I Who immediately wondered what position is he because I don't know. I have no I clue either. I just I know he's know one of like about him. four guys who are who are actively under contract. So I feel like it's a little premature to <laughs> to send them the Larry O'Brien Trophy when they don't have five. I players. thought you said DJ Benga, like former <laughs> I mean, Warriors great. He might be the that same guy. Player. That guy I know because he has a video on YouTube where he just says Taco. <laughs> 
<laughs> See this, guys. This is why Zach Harper has two hundred thousand followers and counting. This, this is, this, <laughs> this is the great Zach Harper. Hey, Zach, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, to, to Warriors World Radio. So we're doing the funeral episode, as I, as I'm calling it. Um, let's get your overall thoughts, just broad uh, thoughts on the Warriors uh, and, and where they are right now with what's going on. Yeah, I mean, obviously the injuries suck. That's that's going to be some some hard hitting analysis that I give you. Like the injuries suck. Like I think if they had lost the title and the injuries happen, but they're not bleeding into next season, I think it's fine, right? Like you'll take you'll take it. Like because with everything that happened, with Cousins coming back, with Looney breaking his collarbone, Katie snapping his his Achilles, Clay snapping his ACL, they were still a jumper away from the greatest shooter of all time from a game seven, right? Like that's a, like you will like, that's about as good as it can get in that situation. They hit, he hits that jumper. They go to a game seven. They still probably lose because there's now there's no clay, but you're in a game seven situation. I guess who knows what happens, but it's the fact now that even if they keep Katie, which I don't, I don't even know what to make of that whole thing. Let's say he has a change of heart and, he, and they keep him. Well, he's still missing next season. And clay is, I guess, best case scenario after the all-star break, like sometime in March or, or maybe late February, best case scenario. Like it just sucks that, that this is, that the, it's not just a loss. It's not just a blown title chance. It's that it almost takes out next season completely. When I like, I think they could have lost the series, lost KD, Clay's healthy, and they still are the favorite in the West next season, depending on what happens, even with the Santa Davis stuff. So I think that's just the thing that sucks is that it wasn't just a loss. It, it takes out next year too. Absolutely. Um, so I want to kind of talk about those injuries real quick. I, I guess my question for you is uh, Clay will be 30 next February um, and he's, he won't be back before then. Like at earliest he's back after the all-star break. My question is, do you think he can make a full return to the player he is or he was before the injury? And I guess same question for KD, although we have no clue what team he's going to play for. Yeah, like Clay, I don't have any doubts about. It. I guess maybe you would worry about his defense a little bit moving forward, that it's not elite anymore. It's just really good, which can be enough of a drop-off that, that it hurts it hurts the team overall. But, like, I ACLs aren't a big deal anymore. Like, that's not to say he's not going to go through hell trying to, to rehab, but it's not the killer it once was. It's almost like – Tommy John surgery in baseball at this yeah. point, right? Like Come back stronger. You, yeah, you get back, you get back a better jumper and a, you know yeah. faster and everything. So I, I don't, I don't have any worry about him coming back and and being the player he was. I, I think he'll be fine. The KD thing, though, man, no, no one comes back from that and looks great. Everyone goes to Dominique Wilkins as the example, right? Like he came back and still scores. Like no one gave a damn about that Dominique Wilkins version. Like no one cared. Like it's not like we were still going, ooh, human highlight reel. Like that's awesome. Like. He put up numbers, but nobody cared. He wasn't the impact player that he was before. And so that's a huge concern, um, whether he stays in, stays with the Warriors or he goes to the Knicks or goes to the Nets or wherever. Like, we don't have any idea if he's going to come back and be the historic player. I think he'll still be really good. Are you going to pay $35 million, $40 million for a guy who's really good? Like, that's, you know, that's a lot. That's what you do with Kyle Lowry. That's what you do with Mike Conley, John Wall. Like, that's not what you do with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant wants to come back and be elite. Yeah, yeah, I think the Warriors almost have no choice, Zach. They, they, they. Where are they going to go to get to get better? Um, you would think. But uh, I got a hard hitting question for you. Um, how come you didn't play in the the media game with uh, Drew there. Schiller and Ethan Strauss? And did you play? Well, no, I, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't. In, I wasn't in the Bay Area. Otherwise, wow. I would have. You know what killed me too is I'm watching these guys, and no one could shoot. Like, we just had Drew Schiller on. It was just him. Yeah, like and he can, like he's he's, well, he's a ball. Like he doesn't, he, yeah, he doesn't. He's not fair. But like, 
But everyone else, I'm looking at, like, I'm seeing, you know, Nate Duncan gassed and someone's got the ball against him and they're just passing it away. And I'm seeing, you know, no one really closed out on Ethan. I'm seeing all these things. Oh boy. show's not really shooting. I'm like, wait, why isn't anybody shooting? Like, I wanted to be there so bad. So if we do that in Vegas, I'm in. If we go, well, I don't know if we'll be back in, in the Bay Area next year for the finals. But if that happens, oh, wow. we go. I'm, I'm making sure we go. I'm making sure I'm there. <laughs> Zach Harper somehow brings in a uh, an NBA 2020 uh, prediction into into a non uh, NBA question. I love that. Um, okay, so I we got Zach uh, Zach Harper on NBA writer, uh, Twitter legend. Um, I, I have a question for you about uh, moving forward next season because obviously playing KD out. If you were running the Warriors. Um, what would you do? Because a lot of people here are talking about, hey, load management, maybe a little bit of a tank. Because how can you run Stefan Draymond, you know, 75, 80 games? You can't do that. If you can't do that, the Warriors are not going to win. So what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I would I would almost punt on the season. Now, you don't remove Steph, for, right? But I think, like, if he plays 60, 65 games, like, I don't know that I would push him more than that. I don't know that I would push Draymond more than that. I would look at it as we want to be competitive. We want to make the playoffs. You can still probably make the second round, um, I guess, depending on the matchup in the West. But, like, I think you can still feel comfortable that you can make a good effort in the first round and, and probably get to the second round. And who knows? Maybe you can even make the conference finals, depending on what the matchups are. But, yeah, like, I wouldn't run those guys in the ground just to prove they're great and everything. Like, that's for Twitter to yell at themselves about. Like, you gotta you got to treat that as – at the 2021 20 or the 2020 2021 season that's your bounce back yeah. that's when you go in you have everybody and you're ready to go so yeah like i you know you don't i don't know that you outright tank because that that seems that seems extreme to me um although i guess that would be a light years move right absolutely <laughs> God, um, yeah you know the worst thing they could do is, is tank for a couple years go get Bronny jr and then just sit him oh boy <laughs> Never let him play. I, I can't even ima- yeah, I can't even imagine the scenario where Bronny Jr. ends up on the Warriors because they tanked a year. Um, now I wanted to ask you on uh, Iguodala and I guess to a degree Draymond. S- since Clay is going to be out for all of next year and um, he's going to end up getting a max extension regardless of the ACL, they're still going to be capped out whether KD stays or not, and they're not really going to have a lot of avenues to improve the roster. Do you kind of consider? trading Iguodala a year early or maybe even looking at what a market for Draymond is at this point, since you know you're not competing this year? I think that I wouldn't – I mean, I guess you have to worry about what you're going to pay Draymond in the future, right? And especially if he's looking to cash out in a, in a max capacity. Um, yeah, I guess then you do have to explore that. Personally, I would keep him. I think he's so good for the organization. He's so good for the mentality of that team. And, and I don't think you necessarily balk at that. Um, just because you're not going to be the title contender you hoped you are next season, uh, Iguodala, I think you definitely explore that trade that trade market. I don't know what that could, what that could actually be, but um, I think it's mostly about developing the young guys on the roster. I know there's not a lot there right now, but I think that's got to be the focus is is not necessarily getting away from big contracts, but just developing young guys to where whoever that is, whether it's Jacob Evans, whether it's, you know Jordan Bell. Um, Kevon Looney, assuming they resign him, whoever, I think you want to make sure you're still developing those guys so when everyone's back healthy, then you're at full strength and, you, and you're ready to do the strength and numbers and all that crap. <laughs> Carson Edwards, I think that's the name I'm going for, Sam. That's who I've been thinking about. I don't know who he is, but apparently he's good. Did you just make that up? I, I, I might have made it up. I think Andy just watched one, um, one college game all year, and it was the one where he went for like 40-something. I thought that was a blogger. I thought you were talking about the <laughs> game. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, if he's a blogger, he's a shooter, right? You know, pretends to be online. Yeah, tends to be online. All right, so let, let's spin this uh, other way. We got Zach Harper. He covers the entire NBA. So um, I want to get uh, your idea or kind of your thought process. One of Anthony, what the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis, um, and then two, does this make them title favorites uh, moving forward? I mean, title favorites, no, because I still don't know what Isaac Bonga plays, right? So I don't, I don't know about. I don't know about title favorites. I mean, they're certainly up there in the West. Like, they gave up a lot. Like, let's, like Lonzo Ball can play. Can you break it down for us, too? Yeah, what yeah, they gave up? Yeah. Like, so Lonzo Ball can, like, I know we, we, we pick him apart because of his dad and everything. Like, he can play. He can't shoot, but he can play. Like, he's a really good, really smart player. He's, and this is the first summer where he can actually, you know, work on his game without dealing with injuries and stuff. So I think he's going to be, uh, I think it's a phenomenal pickup, um, for the Pelicans as their point guard of the future. Uh, Brandon Ingram, assuming the blood clot stuff is as, is as okay as they, if they, has been reported, um, I think he's just beginning to scratch the surface. I know David Griffin, before he took the job, was very high on him. I did some NBA radio with David Griffin, and, and he was always talking up Brandon Ingram. So I know he's very high on him. Josh Hart is whatever. Like, Josh Hart's a fine role player. I'm not, like, I don't think he really makes or breaks your team in any way, but he's a nice, like, seventh, eighth guy to have. Um, he's way better than, like, trying to convince yourself Jordan Clarkson is good, right? But are they then, Cook? <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, well, I don't know. Could have played, maybe, uh, in the finals. That's the saddest question I've never had an answer to. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's um, the hard-hitting one, Zach. Yeah, no, that's you stumped me. I don't, yeah, no, I think he's better than Quinn Cook. Let's throw up the poll question. Quinn Cook or, <laughs> or Josh Hart? God, I'm sure that'll get fun. responses. Yeah, well, Quinn Cook got championship experience at this point. I got to go Quinn Cook. You got to go for the the championship experience. Warriors yeah. homer Zach Harper, oh, baby. This is why yeah, we have no, one. Oh, I did get. I got called a, a Warriors groupie on Twitter the other day. <laughs> so that was a new one. That's nice. Um, <laughs> but then, but then they give up picks, man. Like they gave up yeah. the twenty, or they gave up the number four pick this year, which is whatever. I, I don't know that number four pick is going to be great. Then they give up a top eight protected pick two years from now that is unprotected in 2022. They give up a pick swap in 2023 that's unprotected. Wow. An un- unprotected first in 2024 and another unprotected pick swap in 2025. Like, that's a lot. Like, that is borderline net Celtics in terms of just future assets. Like, wow. they've only got LeBron three more years, maybe a little bit after that, but wow. they're really banking on the fact that Anthony Davis can pull them and whatever's left of LeBron and whatever else they get through that time period. And so it could get ugly in terms of future assets. I still think you do the deal, but David Griffin got an amazing haul that might end up looking like 2023, 2024, 2025, like an absolute just thievery. Like it, like it could really look that way, but I still think it's it's a great move for the Lakers now because you needed that second yeah, guy. Yeah. On the uh, on the Laker note and kind of free agency as a whole, uh, in the barrier, little little down on free agency given what happened with Katie and Clay. Uh, but I guess going into this summer that everyone's talked about all year, do you have any predictions for which players will actually move versus who's going to stay? I mean, the weird thing is, like, I've just heard all year, win or lose, Kawhi's going to be a Clipper. And and I and it's hard to shake how certain people who know what they're talking about and who have inside information are with that. And so I guess I will predict that Kawhi becomes a Clipper despite wow. the win. I, I don't – I mean – I don't. I'm only. I'm only trusting much smarter people with, yeah. that that seem to know this stuff than I than I am. So that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, I think Kemba probably goes to New York. Um, Dallas could be a very real possibility. The Lakers are going to go after him. Um, 
but I don't know that they'll have the cap space. I guess it depends on what he's going to want and when this trade actually gets completed. Um, I think Kyrie to Brooklyn is a done deal. Um, I guess if Kemba isn't the guy for the Lakers, maybe Jimmy Butler. Um, I also think Tobias Harris will probably join Kyrie in Brooklyn. Like I think we're going to see a major shift in a lot of this stuff. KD to the Warriors again, did you say? KD to the Warriors? Yeah, why not? They became friends again, right? Like after 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 they pressured him into playing, he blew out his Achilles. Oh boy! It's all like bygones can be bygones. Or no, we're, are we not saying that on the air? So here, here's my thinking. Here's my thought process, Zach. So they, that that may or may not be true, but here's what I'm thinking. And, and there's the question: um, with Kevin, with what happened to Kevin Durant this postseason, and I think this postseason has changed so much back and forth of what not what we've thought of Kevin Durant, um, but of just fans all over, people that Kevin Durant listens to. He got called the best player in the world and then got hurt. And then when he came back, uh, he was playing great for a few minutes. And then he went down and almost was like the the martyr kind of. And he was beloved uh, again. And so it almost feels like anybody that has ever lobbed shots at him now has no choice but to love him. Does this kind of injury make it more or less likely that he re-signs with, uh, with the Warriors at this point? I think more just because there's also a familiarity with that organization, the training staff. I know they overhauled a lot of the stuff, right? But, but still, the, the training staff, the facilities, moving into um, Chase Center and all that stuff. Like I think, I think it definitely does help retain him. It's still ultimately going to come down to what he wants his next career decision to be I, I wouldn't i think he would go for long-term security i can't imagine he'd go short-term deal just in case the achilles doesn't allow him to come back but yeah i think it improves their chances i think he was as good as gone before that or as, as much certainty as you can have on that and so like it what's funny is i think we went through this with austin rivers on a much lower scale remember like he like got i don't know someone knocked his eye out of the socket or something like that like he got he was so bloody and the clippers didn't have anybody left and he and you know he's ble- he's bleeding he's playing through and all this stuff and, and the internet was like wow Austin Rivers we should stop making jokes about him and that lasted like four months and then we started up making jokes about Austin Rivers again I kind of feel like the same thing will happen with KD on a with a longer time period I think like let's say he resigns with the Warriors goes to the rehab two years from now he's back to being KD and the Warriors maybe look a little unfair again I think people will go back to that hatred of Kevin Durant just because that's the muscle memory for them. Oh man, it just uh, it just it's never dumb. ends. Like it's it's so stupid. The NBA. Like I don't trust us to be smart with this stuff. This That's is it. the NBA Twitter you created, Zach. So no, 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 no. Hey. I came out way before that. <laughs> this is, these, these are other people that I will not name because I don't want them to be on the radio. <laughs> Zach Harper, <laughs> sir. You know oh, do you have something left? Well, Zach Harper, thanks for coming on, man. NBA Twitter, he created this Twitter that he that he's talking oh, about. He now. created the toxic environment. Cre- thanks, Zach. <laughs> Appreciate you coming in the on. DMs, Kevin. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, it's always great to have Zach on. He's he's amazing. Um, by the way, Sam, we're gonna find out what position Isaac Bonga plays before the end of the show. Yep, yep. Carl, please, and at some point, Bonga, what Bonga Isaac. Uh, from the 650, irregardless is not a word, nor is especially, especially. You guys make it unlistenable to listen to the game. Another, oh, no, he made, another satisfied listener. Yeah, another satisfied. He says, you guys make it unlistenable to the game. So I don't think he's even writing it right, but just a lot of anger coming at us from the text wave. <laughs> I kind of love it. I got to love it. Um, we got about a few minutes coming up before the break. I, Isaac Bonga is apparently 6'8", 180 pounds. Can he shoot? 
No signs of a jump shot. No signs. Um, but he is 6'8". Well, 888-957-9570. If you have a scouting report on Isaac Bonga, please, please call in. Let us know let what he does uh, on the basketball court. It, it seems uh, the phone lines don't want to talk about Isaac Bonga. <laughs> we had like 10 calls last segment. We are dead now. Nobody wants to talk to us about Isaac Bonga. Uh, well, you can talk to us about the Warriors, too. Um, what you thought about uh, the re- resiliency and the heart that they showed uh, this postseason. Uh, Oracle Memories. Would love to hear Oracle memories. Producer Carr, maybe we can throw up that, right? People's favorite Oracle memories the last four years. Uh, that would be great. We've got uh, Mo Dockhill from the Washington Post coming up um, in the next segment. Uh, but, Sam, where do you want to go? Which, uh, what topic do you want to go from here? I kind of want to talk about what the Warriors should do next year. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to have Clay the first probably 60 games of the season. Like, best case is he's back for a stretch run. Uh, if KD resigns, um, we will not have him for the entire year. Uh, so the real question is, Steph was 31. Draymond is 29, turning 30. Iguodala is 35, will be 36 midseason. Uh, and they'll be capped out. Um, you know, you hope they bring back Looney. Uh, you hope Jacob Evans has a better year. Uh, hey, but, but what, year. What can we really do with this roster? Because I, I see... I see them having to make a tough decision, and by tough decision, I mean maybe consider moving Andre Godal's contract for younger players who will probably never be as good as Pika Godala, but they're going to be better than that vet minimum, which is all you're going to really be able to sign. Yeah, I mean, what do they have, like Sam, break it down for me, because um, Boogie's probably not going to come back. He's probably going to get more money. Like, how much money can they offer with that slot that they signed him with? Because I believe... It's it's this simple. If KD resigns, they only have a taxpayer mid level, which is five to six Got million it. dollars, mm-hmm. and then everyone else is a vet minimum. They can use that taxpayer mid level and split it across a couple of players, but then you're talking about signing two guys for two, know, two and a half to three million each, which is the vet min essentially. Which it's more than the vet min, yeah. but there's I mean your options are limited there. If KD or Clay. Um, Leave So, in other words, they only keep one max player. They'll then have the full mid-level exception, which is uh, a little over $9 million. That's going to make you competitive for um, players like uh, like a Rudy Gay, like a Trevor Ariza, like yeah. maybe a Danny Green. Maybe mm-hmm. the market doesn't come together for like a Julius Randle because that's kind of what he signed for this year. We're talking more of that um, – you know, solid starter can impact the game in various ways type of player. Or they can always use that $9 million full mid-level for non-taxpayer to um, to sign multiple players also. So I'm, I'm like the Zach Galifianakis meme right now where he's just in a hangover and he's just <laughs> looking at numbers. And I'm a math so guy th- too. So. Th- the, main, the main thing to take away is if KD doesn't come back, they can add one solid player yeah. and then a bunch of veteran minimums. Yeah. Or... Um, you know, if he does come back, they can add one less solid player and a bunch of veteran minimums. The point is, they don't have a lot of yep. avenues to improve this roster outside of nailing the draft, and they'll only have one pick. And how much you can really expect out of the twenty eighth pick? I mean, Jacob Evans again? Yeah, but like we we joked about Josh Hart earlier, but Josh Hart was, I think, the twenty seventh or twenty eighth pick. He's objectively an NBA rotation player, yes. right? Yes, and that's yes. kind of what you're talking about. You know, once every ten years. Someone hits gold with a Draymond Green, which is a star at that point. 
more likely than not, you're really hoping to just kind of get that rotation guy. I love that. Yeah, I mean the uh, like Lo- Looney was the 30th pick overall, and he's turned into a very nice rotation player. That's kind of your best case scenario. Somebody just texted him from the 209. By the way, what is the 209? Uh, what if the Warriors signed Terry Foe to the level exception? At this point, people are just making stuff up. They're just messing with us, Sam, at this point. Just throwing names out there. Somebody said Austin Rivers or Seth Curry. Great. Those are those are great uh, names. That would be that would be your full mid-level exception. Just yep. uh, That's my assumption on what their market's going to yep. look like. I mean, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. But a lot of teams have money. So it's it's not one of the, – the biggest difference between this summer and last summer is – Last summer, everyone was over the cap, so you saw guys like well, you saw guys like Brooke Lopez end up taking like a, you know, like a, a small two to three million dollar deal. This summer, he's going to get ten, fifteen. Yeah. Well, here's the thing too. Last summer, what happened with Tyreek Evans, who the Warriors wanted, who was their number one priority? Tyreek Evans signed with the Pacers because they could offer him more minutes and more playing time. That would not be an issue right now with the Warriors. Whoever they recruit or want to sign with that, you know, whatever exception that they get, you know, depending on what KD does, that player will get touches, will get minutes. They will get a chance to showcase himself. Um, yeah, we so saw the, that's um, a good recruiting pitch. ESPN um, threw out that the Warriors might be interested in Dion Waiters. I'm okay and, with that. And the premise behind it was he can't get minutes in Miami. Well, Clay's going to miss the entire year. Yeah. And quite frankly, even if Clay, even comes if Clay back, play, exactly. they still need like 25 exactly. minutes off the bench. Exactly. Um, so they may be able to get some guys who want those make good deals. Yeah. Uh, because uh, end of the day, most players around the league still see the Warriors as a good organization. They'll get to play with a former MVP. They'll get to play with another all-star. They'll get to play for a good coach. Yep. They're going to get a yep. situation which lets them, quote-unquote, show the best of their abilities. 100%. And by the way, people are just the 650. I'm hearing talk about Kawhi signing with the Warriors. All right, you know what? At this point, we got to go to break. Al. Wrong. Al, Alex, we're going to get right to you uh, on the phone lines uh, once we come back. Uh, call in 888-957-9570. Warriors World Radio. Sam Isfindiari, Andy Lou. Be right back. I love listening to you guys. You've kind of taken over um, uh, NPR for me during the Warriors oh, season. I love that. <laughs> I got a good bass voice. Sam? No. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, see, this is soothing. See, like, it's like a good, like, you know, like a come down set. You know, once once you're like once the bangers are over, you're kind of sitting on the grass. Sun's kinda, coming. Kind of sounds perfect for the Warriors season after uh, well, just a great, great five years and just a terrible last week. <laughs> but this kind of uh, just a little shuffle, bring the heart beat back. Just kind of mm, go for like an hour straight. Just no the, drop. Hey Wes, the six five zero likes your intro music. <laughs> he said he's just guessing. He's just, he's just throwing stuff out there. We get. I think people love the music more than they love us talking, Sam. Which really says a lot about Warriors World Radio. Anyway, we're back. Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari. We're not going to waste any time, I don't think. I think we're just going to go straight to the phones. Um, let's start with Robin. 
from San Francisco. Season in review. Can't wait for this. Robin, how's it going? Um, it's going. I've been listening all day. I'm a little depressed. I'm going to share. I, 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 I called it. And um, so I hope I don't wear my welcome up. But I Robin, please call back. Your, your line's cutting out on us. I, I hate dropping Robin, but um, yeah, we're, we're gonna need tough. you. We're gonna need you to call back in a couple minutes when you're um, you're, you're somewhere without uh, all the background noise. Ocean Beach, it's windy. It is windy. It's a problem. It, with it's Ocean a cold. Beach. It's a cold, windy day in the city. Yeah. A little more more traditional San Francisco than whatever earlier last. We'll blame it on Carl though. We'll blame it on Carl. He, clear that up, Carl. Come on, Carl. You have one job. We have. To, we could do better than this. <laughs> Let's go to Al in Pacifica instead. Al, how's it going? Good, fellas. How are you guys? We're good. You want to talk about Draymond? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think you guys talked a little bit about a make-good year. I think for all the people who think Draymond is kind of a system guy, this is the year. And, I, you know, I know you guys were talking about sort of load management for him and Curry, but I want to see Draymond get as much run as possible and see if he can be that, you know, that 15-10 and 10 type guy. I know that'll put the Warriors in a difficult spot with regards to extending him at whatever whatever number that happens to be. Um, but I really want to see, and, and I want to see what Draymond can do this year um, when he doesn't have, you know, three other Hall of Famers around him. So I'll, I'll take that off the air, but I'm curious what you guys think about it being a, a prove-it year for, for Draymond Green. Thank you, Al. What are you thinking, Andy? Yeah, I mean, I here's my thing about prove-it years. I think a team that's, you know, five years deep, seven years straight of playoffs – I don't think Draymond Green has anything left to prove. I think at this point, we're kind of we, you would be looking at him to prove something that he was never meant to be in the first place. Draymond Green was never going to be a player that scored, you know, consistently fifteen to twenty points. He's never been a player that's needed to do that, or should he have to do that? That's what Stephen Stephen Clare for. You know, we just we don't expect Steph Curry to average, you know, ten fifteen rebounds a game, right? I think the expectations of who these players are. We don't. Draymond Green should not be LeBron James. Draymond Green is Draymond Green. You know who he is. He shouldn't be expected to do more than that because that's just not that's just not who how he's ever been. So, so my thing with Draymond is the only thing he has to prove um, is if the jump shot can come back, the three point shot. Um, I don't. I think that one year where he shot almost forty percent, that's not who he is. But there's a big difference between shooting thirty nine percent from three and. 25 to 30%, which is kind of yeah. what he did this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read some numbers to you. From the moment KD went down, Draymond averaged 13.5 points, 11.1 rebounds, 8.9 assists. So he's basically averaging about 14, 11, and 9. Uh, but the the only problem with it was he shot 24% from three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a point I think he even shot pretty well the last couple months of the season, or maybe just the last month of the season. Yeah. So, I mean... He did show that, you know, without it KD be there, having yeah. to take a little more, he took it to the rim a little more. Yeah. Um, he also struggled when he went against longer defenders, yeah. which he he did in the past. Yep. So really the only thing that's changed with him is that jump shots become less reliable. And, you know, quite frankly, if he has a big year and he makes a bunch of threes, that's going to get him paid because contract year. the defense, defense is there. Everyone knows he can pass the ball. Everyone knows he's probably the smartest player on the court in 99% of games. Um, the real question is, can he hit an outside shot? And, you know, when he does hit that outside shot, that's also when he has less turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the turnovers in that game six. Were, I don't want to and relitigate you, and, and that you, game. And you and I both know what that was. It's Oof. because everyone knew what he was looking to do yeah. because he couldn't hit that shot. Yeah. Oh, my, oh boy. Some of those were bad. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to Alex in Walnut Creek. He's been on, and then we'll go to Robin. Alex, how you, how you doing? 
Hey, guys, doing all right. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for um, waiting. Yeah, so I, I'm still kind of sorting through the uh, the emotional salad that comes with losing the finals, you know. But um, as I think back over this playoff run, I, I'm really proud of this team. I think we showed a lot of resilience. Um, you know, in previous years, with the talent disparity almost being what it is, I feel like that, that wasn't quite shown off, right? We don't necessarily think of the, the 2018 Warriors from coming back from being down 3-2 to Houston. It's more, oh, they swept the Cavs in the finals. But um, I think, you know, like game five against Houston when KD goes down, um, overtime in Portland, uh, you know, I felt like this run almost reminded me of 2016 and that there were like a half dozen times where I'm thinking, you know, do we have enough duct tape to keep this thing together? Um, and so I was just kind of wondering how this playoff run as a whole would be viewed in the in the historical context of the Warriors. Thank you, Alex. Um, I would agree with you. I think resiliency is the biggest thing I took away from it. I mean, they fought through so many injuries. It ultimately got the better of them. But basically, from the moment KD went down the first time, I mean, everyone thought they were going to lose to Houston. They pulled that out. They sweep Portland when people thought they'd be vulnerable against Portland without KD. And they pushed Toronto with Clay sitting a game and then ultimately getting hurt. KD missing basically the whole series, tries to come back, gets injured. Looney sitting a game and playing through whatever that torn cartilage at the collarbone was. I mean, it's very hard to come away from this series with anything but kind of pride in the team and the resiliency they showed. Um, if you want to join the show, we want to know your thoughts on the Warriors season as a whole and what you think they should be doing going forward. Call in 888-957-9570 or text into the Chilton Autobuy text line 95795. Some of these, some of these calls we're getting are fantastic though today. I feel like they should be co-hosting the show with you instead of me, Sam. Just <laughs> superb. Um, so we got Robin calling back on line three. Can we go to Robin? Robin, sorry about earlier. Um, can you hear me? We can hear you. You sound oh, now we're good. much better. Yeah, yeah. I pulled over. I'm in this rental car, Mitsubishi Mirage. It's a piece of crap, guys. Don't ever get it. <laughs> but anyway, um, two things. Uh, game five, I just want a little humor. I, uh, game five, it might not be funny to you guys. I said <laughs> to my son, oh, my God, uh, we're going to pull it off. He said, my, uh, game six. He said, oh, my God, Mom. Come on now, the Warriors look like wounded soldiers coming home from the war with a second unit of scrubs. So I said, he says, I need to just be taken out of my, my uh, torture, my pain right now. And so I said to him, no, 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 we're going to overcome this. We're going to rise. And he was like, this is not a civil rights moment, Mom, to face the fact. And it kind of helped me put in perspective, and he and I still share a good laugh about that. Um, that's the truth. We will get back up. My problem I'm having listening to everyone is that everyone seems to be in panic mode, and rightfully so. The Warriors were going to have to come to some hard decisions prior to these injuries. That bench, I mean, Jerevko, he has to go. Quinn Cook, he has to go. The 56 or 60,000, whatever question uh, there is, is do you keep DeMarcus cousin or do you get rid of him and try to get a veteran wing? I mean, there's so many decisions that have to be made. I personally believe in player development um, and, 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 and instead of going out and getting all these right. other stars like everybody else is doing. And I believe that patience is the virtue. Um, 
there were so many other things I wanted to say. How about LeBron and Thank Anthony you. Davis, Robin? Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, oh there she goes. Uh, would have been nice. Um, but no, I, I, I agree with the point where the Warriors do have to find something more sustainable. Now, again, you know, Sam has made the point several times where you can't do that if you're so top heavy. But you, as a team that's relied on its culture, um, and you know, there's about 15 million articles about the Warriors' great culture and development system and all of that. You can talk about it as much as you want. At a certain point, it does. At a certain point, it does have to show, um, and that has to show in the likes of Jacob Evans. It does have to show. It showed in Kevon Looney, but it has to be more than that because unless Kevon Looney turns out to be a superstar, which I doubt that's going to happen, you do need more solid, solid players. You can't just swing the bat and hit one double intended bats and expect that to be your saving grace. Um, and so I think they do need to figure that out. And Jonas, what Robin just said, Jonas Jarebko, you know, solid signing, but he's a regular season player. If you're going to sign someone like that, you need someone better moving forward. Maybe someone along the lines of, I think Sam had mentioned Rudy Gay or, or Trevor Ariza. Now you're not going to get to sign those guys for vet mins, but those are players that you should target. Maybe players like Steph Curry, or sorry, wow, Steph Curry, Seth Curry even. Um, we do have Steph Curry still on the roster. That would be so. nice to have another Steph Curry. Yes, two Steph Currys two, would be better than one. Two Steph Currys would be almost unstoppable. But I think um, now is a good time, now that the Warriors have lost the finals, it's a good time to look at that development staff, to look at that G League staff and say, hey, what do you have com- coming up? What are you developing? Because, Sam, I don't think Marcus Derrickson is going to be the guy, right? I I don't think that... You know, let, let's hold off on Jacob well, so Evans. Let me, let, me, let me answer this. Um, one, you can look at the clay injury as a blessing in disguise for the long term where it's going to open up minutes and give some young guys, theoretically, minutes to play, minutes they were not getting when the Warriors had all these stars. You know, it's easy to say, why weren't they developing guys? Well, it's hard to develop when you play five minutes at a time, five-minute spurts. That was the McCaw problem. Yeah, we saw how that went for McCaw. He got into his own head. He didn't really have a chance to get consistent minutes. And quite frankly, you're not going to give him those many minutes when you got a a KD, a Klay Thompson, Iguodala sitting there. You can't just have him sit on the bench so a Pat McCaw can dribble around for 20 minutes so he feels comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think Pat McCaw, one of his issues, Sam, was like, he wanted the ball in his hands. Like, he wanted to run a pick and roll. He wanted to be a shot creator. Now, you know, he probably isn't going to be good enough to do it, but he wanted to be like, he wanted to be that guy. The Warriors weren't ever going to allow him to do that. Now, as you're saying, there's no choice. I mean, they had a, the Warriors had a hard enough time uh, managing getting the ball to their stars enough. There wasn't going to be an opportunity for a young guy to handle the ball in addition. Yeah. Now At least not on a consistent basis. Now there is. Some guy keeps texting back, by the way, and says, Kawhi to the Warriors talking serious. Whoa, Carl, we've got a full board now. Okay, we've got 11 minutes. We've got to make this work somehow. So who, who's first? Where do we go first? Well, let's do the legal ID first. Ah, uh, yes. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and an HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Ball control. Mm, 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 mm. Perfect. All right, so now let's go to the phones because we've got five people on and I don't know where to go. Let's let's start with JD on line one. Okay, JD says it's on management. How's it going, JD? Hey guys, it's going really good, man. Uh, what I want to talk about is it's not on the players, man. Everybody wants to talk about what Draymond's going to do, what everybody's going to do. The only two players that have any real control are Clay and 
and Durant, are they going to go or are they going to stay? Right now is when we find out who we are as an organization. They hold that. The strength of the organization is what's going to carry us in the next season. It's basically Oakland Moneyball. Can they go out and get the players that produce and fill in the slots? I mean, Draymond showed us over and over again, he's a fill-in-the-blank player. Whatever the Warriors need, he steps up and gives. But we got to make a few changes, you know. I love what Livingston's done for us and that, but he, to me, he really didn't show up like he used to. It's time to let a couple of them go, bring in some fresh blood, maybe a vet, two young guns, get tight. I think Clay's staying. I think Durant stays, at least I hope so. But it's really the organization. That's what's going to determine what happens. Because the players can go out there and put up numbers all day and back and forth, and we're going to play stats, you know, back and forth and chemistry. But it's the organization. Who are we as an organization, the management? Because we've got a great coach, man. Thank you, J.D. Woo! I actually, I actually agree. Fire. I agree with J.D. Um, even if Clay resigns and he comes back, he's going to be in his 30s. Steph's already in his 30s. Draymond stays. He's in his 30s. They have to find ways to get younger around them if they really want to extend the run. So he's right. It is kind of on management to find that next crop of uh, Iguodala, um, Bogut, guys who are big-time contributors. And, you know, they're not going to have a lot of financial avenues, but this is kind of where we, we really see who they are because we know they got a core that can compete. But it's about those, those ancillary pieces. Can they find a Fred Van Vliet? Can they find a Pascal Siakam? That's you know? true. I mean, that was the difference in the series, in my opinion. Toronto had eight guys who could play. And Warriors at had least four. Warriors had four. Yeah. They ran out of bodies. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. And by the way, this is not something the Warriors org did not see coming, right? Uh, they knew. They knew this. This is just because Katie, Katie and Clay got hurt doesn't mean that, you know, they were like, oh, we're, we're content with what we had. They knew this was coming. They should be prepared for this. Joe Lake up after the game said he's already working on improving the team. Let's see what happens. Actually, and, and we should say, you know, Kayvon Looney, he's one of those guys. He's only 23. He's a steady player. They should resign him. He should be a contributor for the next five whatever years. Yep. But that, that's just one guy. They need more guys like that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, which kind of takes us to, to line two in James because he wants to talk about in Napa. Um, he wants to talk about how the Warriors can improve. So, uh, What's up, James? Hi, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Good. Um, all good. So I just think there could be a couple changes that would improve the Warriors. Um, the first is they could work on their passing a little bit. And I understand they're an older team. Perhaps they're getting older and they don't want to run the scrimmage every day, you know, full, full court and wear the guys down. But it seems like they could work on passing drills because they make a lot of turnovers. And the second thing is it'd be great to see if they could come up with a second team. You know, they could come on the court after the first team's done and run them off the court. That's it. James, thanks for the call. Sam, we've got to work on passing. You know what makes it easier to pass? Having shooting threats so the defense can't just overplay the lanes. We got snarky, sassy Sam today. Um, I, I'm with I was, you. I was having a very hard time watching the end of the series when it was Steph and four guys who can't shoot the If ball. anything, the We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.